Hi, welcome to the Axe Church UK weekly podcast. We hope you'll be inspired and blessed by today's message. Enjoy! Speaking of witnessing, uh, that's the series that we are uh, on right now. We are, this is kind of like part three of this short series uh, that we're doing. Uh, and uh, last week, if you were here or not here, we, we, we talked about you know, uh, a prayer, the power of prayer, specifically praying for more, amen? Praying for more love, amen? We talked about how many times what we need is not necessarily more knowledge or even more boldness. We actually need to love God more. Uh, and it's so easy in life for us to forget, for, for to allow other loves in our lives, our love for money, our love for job, our love for, for, for other, you know, things, sports or football team to overtake our love for Jesus. And, but if we really love Jesus, we cannot help but talk about Him, live for Him, want to tell others about Him. And so we talked about praying for more love for God, uh, talking about praying for more laborers, amen, uh, that we believe that, that in everywhere that God has placed us, uh, God's heart is always for there to be at least two, amen, and uh, how we should be praying. Always be praying that God will send more laborers and God will also make you a laborer. And of course, last but not least, we talk about, you know, praying for more power. Uh, because Jesus witnessed, Jesus ministered, not just in preaching, in just giving moral lessons, but He laid hands, He prayed for people, and they were healed and made whole. Demons were cast out. And we we'll must never forget that that is a central part of, of the gospel. Amen? That God is mighty to save. Amen? And so, that, that, that's a short recap of uh, just, you know, uh, last episode or last week's sermon. Uh, but today, we want to talk about how our actions can be used by God. You know, how many of you here, uh, be honest, uh, there are times where you go like, man, I, 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 I'm very shy to talk. I don't know how to, you know, articulate well. Uh, I just want to just uh, use my actions because actions speak louder than words. You know, I just want to, God, just use me. You know, just use my silent witness for Him. How many of you have, have, have prayed that before? Amen? No? No, no one. Oh, wow. Okay. If no one, then I got to preach harder. Okay. I pray that you will use that. But so today we want to talk about how we can use our actions. Amen. Uh, which many times we think is like the easier thing to do uh, because we think talking is harder uh, and we think action is easier uh, or louder. Um, and, uh, uh, and I used to think like that too, but after preparing the message and allowing God to speak to me first, even before preaching to you guys, um, I won't be surprised if at the end of this message, some of you might be more inspired to share the gospel with your mouth than with your life. Uh, but we should do both. Amen? So if you're taking our notes, the title for our message today is Witness 101. Right? That's our series. And today it's called Actions Speak. Actions Speak. Amen? Praise God. And uh, I've got a certain amount of scripture to go into. And uh, so I hope that you will read along with me. And, uh, and, and so today we're going to look at Genesis. All right? We're going to spend some time in Genesis. Uh, and in a while, I'm going to explain to you why. There, there are some people there we need to study. And, uh, and, and, and uh, I hope that this will bless you. Amen. So if you have your Bibles, why don't you turn with me first to Genesis. We'll be jumping around in a few chapters in Genesis. But let's start in Genesis chapter 22. Verse 15 to 18. Amen? If you're there, can I hear a good amen? And uh, allow me to pray even before that. God, we pray right now for just the preaching of your word. We surrender this into your hands. God, we ask that as we're about to read your scripture, let us not read it and, uh, you know, and, and just be sleepwalking through, but Lord, help us to be alive 
Help us to be engaged. God, we say our minds are alert, our hearts are soft. We want to hear from you. We want to receive from you. We're not here for more information today. We desire transformation, deep transformation. Lord, change us from the inside out. Let every verse, let every word, let every letter of the Bible jump out of the pages that we're reading it from and into our hearts. Help us to become more like you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Um, Genesis chapter 22, verse 15 to 18. Many times when we talk about witnessing, we, 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 we focus on talking about what Jesus did. But a little bit of background is this. What, what Jesus did on the cross was the fulfillment of, of a promise that God made to mankind thousands of years before that in ancient Israel. And so, when we share the good news, when we witness, it's not just about what Jesus did, it's about what God has been planning to do since ancient times. And in God's heart, to see people blessed. God's heart to see people saved. God's heart for all that started, you know, in the covenant that He made with Abraham. And so today we want to look into that covenant, that promise, and allow that promise, allow God's definition of that promise to paint a bigger picture on what true witnessing is also about. So Genesis chapter 22, uh, verse 15 says this, Then the angel of the Lord called to Abraham a second time out of heaven and said, uh, By myself I have sworn, says the Lord, because you have done this thing and have not withheld your son, your only son, blessing I will bless you, multiplying I will multiply your descendants as the stars of the heaven, as, as the sand in which is on the seashore. Your descendants shall possess the gates of their enemies in your seed. All the nations of the earth shall be blessed because you have obeyed my voice. And, and, and this, just a little bit of background, uh, this came, this, this uh, a blessing came again from God to Abraham after God tested Abraham on the sacrifice of Isaac. And here, you, you have God saying that, well, because you passed the test, because you didn't withhold your only son, Isaac, you know, I, I, I'm going to bless you. Blessing, I will bless you, and I'm going to greatly increase you, and through you, all the nations will be blessed. And, and in here, you can even see that, that, that God was telegraphing that, that, yeah, I asked for son, your son, but you know, it, actually it was a test because the, the, the real one that will fulfill this covenant promise will be God's only son and his name is Jesus. And see, so you see, all the elements are there. You know, all the, if I can use a modern language, all the Easter eggs are there you know, hinting of what God was going to do thousands of years later. And then Jesus did die on the cross and Jesus did rise again and Jesus, the only Son of God, uh, uh, through Him, and He also came through the lineage of Abraham. And, and through His seed, the nations, and even as I'm preaching here today, the nations, because none of us here are, 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 are you know, Jewish or, 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 or from Israel, as I can see, you know, if you are, Come and talk to me. I'd love to meet you. Um, but, but you can see, true enough, God's word, the, this message of God's love and forgiveness has traveled. And today, all of us, as part of the nations, we give thanks to Abraham and his seed and his seed named Jesus. Amen? And so, you know, what we're witnessing is this, right? So when we say, go and witness, 
go and share the good news, it's not just about a spiritual awakening. The good news must also impact the world. The good news must also uh, be a blessing to the nations. So when, when God says, I want you to be my witnesses, go and make disciples, He's not just saying, go and propagate this message of faith. He's saying, that, go, of course, tell people what I did for them. Tell people about Jesus. Tell people about the miraculous resurrection of Jesus. But also, be a blessing. Because that's part of God's original intention. Do you see that? God is saying that, you know, His heart is not just for spiritual working, but it's for total transformation of the entire world. And that's why uh, our actions, our lifestyle, what you do on the Monday to Friday, your job, your studies, and all of that matters. Turn to your neighbor and say, what you do matters. Amen? What you do matters and what you do is part of God's bigger picture. Amen? Witnessing is, being, is bringing blessing to the world, not just a message of hope. But that message of hope can also bring a blessing to the world. Amen? So just a little bit of context there. This is so important, okay? And so, Abraham, as imperfect as he was, he, he passed the test. And God remembered him and, and God blessed him. And so now what we're going to do is we're going to jump forward a few generations. We're going to jump forward at least three to four generations uh, in, into one of his great-great-grandchildren, okay? And his name is Joseph. As you can see, God said, hey, Abraham, I will bless you and, and through you, the nations will be blessed. So now we, we, we follow up on what God promised, okay? And so let's turn to Genesis chapter 39. Verse 1 to 23, in short, the whole of Genesis 39, okay? Turn to your neighbor and say, it's long, but hang in there, okay? But it's going to be good, okay? It's all going to make sense, all right? Genesis 39, 1 to 23, all right? And, and this is the story of Joseph. Joseph's story, if you don't know, you can go and watch the musical. If, is this too pl playing? Oh, no, okay, okay, I see. Okay, not, not trying to trigger anyone here. I know a lot of uh, people are very sad that maybe you'll come back in. Or you can watch the, you know, the different animated features. Um, and the story of Joseph was that he was one of the sons of Jacob who was uh, Abraham's grandson. So this will make him his great-grandson. Uh, and, um, you know, he, there was a squabble, there was a rivalry among siblings, and they decided this young troublemaker, favorite child, he's getting all the spotlight, so let's get rid of him. So they, the brothers conspired to get rid of him. He was sold into slavery in Egypt, and, uh, and, and, but even though the world um, seems to have forgotten Joseph, but, but God didn't. And so we want to look at how God didn't forget Joseph, okay? And how also Joseph didn't forget God. And so now Joseph had been taken down to Egypt and Pontifar, an officer of Pharaoh, captain of the guard, an Egyptian, so this is a general, uh, bought him from the Ishmaelites who had taken him down there. The Lord was with Joseph and he was a successful man and, and he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian. And his master saw that the Lord was with him and that the Lord made all he did to prosper in his hand. So Joseph found favor in his sight, 
and served him. Then he made him overseer of his house and all that he had put under his authority. So he made him. He was a slave, but he became supervisor. Amen. And so it was from the time that he had made him overseer of his house and all that he had, the Lord blessed the Egyptian's house for Joseph's sake. And the blessing of the Lord was on all that he had in the house and in the field. Thus, he left all that he had in Joseph's hands, and he did not know what he had except for the bread which he ate. So basically, he left everything, all right, uh, and, and to Joseph because Joseph was so uh, trustworthy. Not only was Joseph trustworthy, the Bible was also saying that Joseph was handsome in form and appearance. Wow, that means he was very handsome. Handsome in form was already enough. Handsome in form and appearance. I guess form is body and appearance is face. So basically, he was really well chiseled. He had, you know, in his body, he was jacked, he was ripped, he was cut, and uh, he had a really good looking face, all right? You know, sometimes, you know, the English language is just a little bit too, you know, we've got to just let the word of God breathe. And it came to pass, after these things, that his master's wife cast longing eyes on Joseph. Woo-hoo! And she said, lie with me. And not, not, tell a false tale with me, but lie with me, okay? And again, this is the kind of like the sanctified English version. Lie with me uh, in more traditional translation, it sounds much more like, ooh, you know, should, should we even be putting this into, you know, in other words, it, lie with me, it's like, come beep me. Uh, but he refused and said to his master's wife, oh, look, master does not know what is with me in the house and he has committed all that he has to my hand. There's no one greater in this house than I, nor has he kept back anything from you, from me, but you, because you are his wife. How then can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? So it was as she spoke to Joseph day by day that he did not heed her to lie with her or to even be with her. Look at his integrity. Amen. So day after day, he was tempted. Day after day, there was a temptress, you know, trying to throw herself uh, at him and, and he resists, resists, resists. But it happened about this time when Joseph went into the house to do his work. None of the men of the house was inside and she caught him by his garment and say, again, lie with me. But he left his garment in her head and fled and ran outside. And so it was when she saw that he had left his garment in her hand and fled outside that she called to the men of her house and spoke to them saying, See, he has brought in to us a Hebrew to mock us. He came in to me to lie with me and I cried out with a loud voice. And it happened when he heard that I had lifted my voice and cried out that he left his garment with me and fled and went outside. So this, this lady became very addictive. She's like, oh, you're rejecting me? You're rejecting me? I'll, I'll show you what happens to men who reject me. You know, and so really, there was, there was this lie that was spun. And, and Joseph, from, from a supervisor, trusted supervisor now, beca- became wrongfully accused, became a victim. And so she kept his garment with her until his master came home. Then she spoke to him with words like this, saying, the Hebrew servant whom you brought to us came in to me to mock me. So it happened as I lifted my voice and cried out that he left his garment with me and fled outside. So it was when his master heard the words which his wife spoke to him, saying, your servant did to me after this manner that his anger was aroused. Then Joseph's master took him and put him into the prison, a place where the king's prisoners were confined. So this was held in a dungeon without trial, right? They were just straight, just chuck him in, right? Uh, and, and he was there, detained in that prison. But the Lord was with Joseph and showed him mercy. 
and gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison, and the keeper of the prison committed to Joseph's hand all the prisoners who were in the prison. So he became like the prison boss there. And whatever they did there, it was his doing. The keeper of the prison did not look into anything that was under Joseph's authority because the Lord was with him, and whatever he did, the Lord made it prosper. Amen. Amen. So you see that God's promise was true. As, as Joseph continued to live for God, God's blessing continued in his life. Amen? And so, that's something that we, we got to understand. You know, many times you talk about, I, I, I want to make a difference. You cannot make a difference without God. You cannot make a difference without God's power being on you. And that's why last week was so important for us to, to catch it. That it is all right, perfectly fine to ask God, anoint me with your power. Because it wasn't Joseph's brilliance that made him successful. It wasn't his ability. Some of us, we think that God used me. God gave me the, my, that job uh, so that my brilliance can put a spotlight to your name. No, no, no. It's God who will put a spotlight to your name, not the other way around. But sometimes we think, God, bless me so that I can bless you. And God said, no, draw near to me and you will be blessed. And not only will you be blessed, the works of your hands will be blessed. No matter if you're promoted or demoted, you will be blessed. Even if the world wrongfully accuses you and tries to cancel you, the Lord will restore you. That is the blessing of God. And, and, and this is so important because many times we go like, I, I, you know, I just want to be quiet, you know, I just want to use my action to speak. Well, you know, it, and, and, and it feels like, um, you know, you just want to be a passive Christian. And if people catch it, they catch it. No, no, no. God is saying that, no, He does want us to use our actions. He does want to use the work of our hands to bring a blessing to the world. But it must be done in partnership with the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen? And so, you, you have this, you know, uh, this, this revelation that one of Abraham's descendants, uh, God's promise was still alive in him and wherever you go, the, the blessing went. And so let's you jump forward. One last passage and then I'll give us the three points, okay? Can you bear with me? One more jump into the future. So we saw how Joseph was down in the dumps but God was with him. Amen? And, and, and then we're going to read right now how God restored him, okay? So Genesis chapter 41, verse 33 to 42. So because God was with Joseph, Joseph was able to do exceedingly abundantly above what he was capable. And so he, he was certainly now able by the grace of God, by the power of God, to even interpret dreams. And so, long story short, you can go back and read it. The Pharaoh had a really strange, reoccurring nightmare that, that troubled him and he felt like, you know, it was a message and... Long story short, somebody remembered, yeah, there was this guy in prison who could interpret dreams. Let's bring him up. We've got nothing to lose, right? Let's hear uh, what he has to say. And if it makes sense, great, all right? If it doesn't, let's chuck him back into the prison. So Genesis chapter 41, verse 33. Now therefore, let Pharaoh select a discerning and wise man and set him over the land of Egypt. So we fast forwarded. So long story short, Joseph was brought out of prison. He deciphered the dream told Pharaoh the meaning of the dream. There are going to be seven years of plenty followed by seven years of famine. And, and this is what you need to do, okay? Select a discerning and wise man. 
set him over the land of Egypt. Let Pharaoh do this and let him appoint officers over the land. Collect one-fifth of the produce of the land of Egypt in the seven plentiful years and let them gather all the food of those good years that are coming and store up grain under the authority of Pharaoh and let them keep food in the cities. Then that food shall be as a reserve for the land, for the seven years of famine which shall be in the land of Egypt, that the land may not perish during the famine. So the advice was good in the eyes of Pharaoh and in the eyes of all his servants. And Pharaoh said to his servants, Can we find such a one as this, a man in whom is the Spirit of God? Wow. You see, even the Holy Spirit was in the picture, right? Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, Inasmuch as God has shown you all these, there is no one as discerning and wise as you. You shall be over my house, and all my people shall be ruled according to your word. Only in regard to the throne will I be greater than you. And Pharaoh said to Joseph, See, I have set you over the land of Egypt. Amen. And then one more verse. Then Pharaoh took his signet ring off his hand and put it on Joseph's hand and he clothed him in garments of fine linen and put a gold chain around his neck. So just officiating, confirming, you know, making official that this is going to be the, the prime minister. And, and, and look at that, okay? So some of you may be thinking, okay, pastor, I've not, I know this. I watched a musical. I watched a cartoon. What's the point? Okay, this is the point. God's plan for the world was ultimately fulfilled by Jesus. But it started as a promise to Abraham, which included not just a spiritual revival, but global blessing. And Joseph, now is where I connect the dots now, was the first descendant of Abraham to fulfill that promise. Because through Joseph, the world was saved. Through Joseph, right, the world was blessed because of his planning and, and, and all that, okay? And so, what does that speak about actions then? Do you realize the, the first descendant of Abraham that fulfilled the promise of God to make Abraham's name great, make God's name great, to make all nations praise God, was Joseph, and it wasn't done through religious means. God was in the picture, but did Joseph preach to Pharaoh? No. Did, did, did Joseph cause all Egyptians to turn their hearts to God and give up their false gods? No. He was a blessing through accounting. That's what he did. Okay, okay, so you got seven years, okay, of the seven years, okay, make sure one-fifth stored away, and of the seven years, make sure you got to do this, so that it's all enough. So in other words, our excellence, our ability to do our job and do it really well, really, 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 really matters. It matters to the people around us, and it matters to God. And that's my first point, excellence. If you say, God, Use my life. Use my job. Then be excellent. A lot of Christians, we go like, God, use my job. I don't want to say anything because I'm secretly actually very shy. I don't want to be rejected. But, you know, but if I say I don't want to reach out, then the, my pastor will scold me. 
and you want to have dinner with me. And so uh, I would say, no, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm the type that, no, I like to let my actions speak louder than words. Use words. Sorry, use actions. And when necessary, use words, right? You, the kind of Christians, right? Quoting St. Francis of Assisi. Great, great, great. Are you excellent? Because Joseph was excellent. Joseph was excellent in the prison. When nobody was looking at him, when he had war, forgotten him, he was still excellent. And Joseph was excellent as a servant of the house. This was a sport kid. But when, so when he transitioned to become a servant, he was still excellent. He didn't whine. He didn't complain. He was excellent all the way. Are you excellent? Ooh. Are you doing whatever you're doing? Are you doing your studies for students here? Are you putting your best effort to your studies? Because it pleases God. And God can use that. Can you imagine if Joseph was like, whatever, then he wouldn't be promoted. You see that? That in prison, he would just be one of the prisoners. But because he was so excellent, he stood out even in prison. And from prison, he was promoted all the way to the palace. And even then, he wasn't self-serving. He was saying, oh, Pharaoh, you, you appoint the best person. Da, 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 da. And then the Pharaoh was like, the best person? You're the best person. No one in my court has given me such succinct advice and wisdom and calculation like you. And Joseph was excellent. So you want to serve God? Be excellent. Be the best pharmacist. Be the best doctor. Be the best computer engineer, web programmer, thingamajig, whatever you do. I'm not clever enough. Some of you do such complex jobs. You told me once and I couldn't pronounce it. It's like going to a restaurant to eat and then the waitress says, oh, what is this? Oh, this is from, 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 from. And it'd be like, yeah, that one. <laughs> and sometimes your jobs are like that. Oh, what do you do? Oh, I do blah, 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 blah. I'd be like, oh, be excellent. Be excellent. Be the best lawyer. Be the best engineer. Be good. Can you imagine if you're... Joseph was singled out because he was so good at his work. Can we start making excellence synonymous with a Jesus follower? Because you know what's the problem in the world today? The world has a lot of bad experiences with Christians. A lot of Christians talk a lot, do very little. And, and unknowingly, people have associated Christians and Christianity with just talk, 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 talk. But can we be a new generation that says that, you know what? God's original plan was fulfilled by a, a very efficient and excellent Joseph. He didn't preach a message. He didn't go like, oh, do you know that I'm part of a lineage, Abraham, and God made a covenant with my, you know, great-grandfather, and I am living. No, no, no. He just says that, okay, you need to do this, do this, do this, do this, Pharaoh. Do it. And Pharaoh goes like, okay, you do it. Let's begin to say that God make me excellent. Would you make that your prayer? Stop complaining about where you're at. If God is with you, you're going to get promoted sooner or later. You don't need to worry. You don't need to connive your way. You don't need to gossip. You don't need any of that. 
Joseph, it said time and time again, God was with him. God was with him. And, and it was through his excellence that the Pharaoh recognized the Spirit of God being over him. Do, do you notice that? What we just read? What, what did, 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 did Joseph give a theological argument to this polyistic Pharaoh? And go like, uh, do you know technically, you know, uh, Ra is not this and that, you know, and then Set and then, you know, Anubis. No, no, no. He just goes like, do this, do this, do this, do this. And he was true, his excellence. That the Pharaoh, out of his own mouth, who else? None other. The, the, the Spirit of God is upon you. Wow. Can you imagine, Christians, that we become so good, so excellent, so dedicated at our jobs, at our profession, that our bosses go like, wow, thank God for you. Since you joined our company, something changed. Because that's what Joseph did. When he entered the household, God, it says here, God blessed Pontifar's household, not because of Pontifar, but because of Joseph. And so friends, I truly believe, if you, if you are so desirous to, to witness for God, God will bless your company. God will bless your family. God will bless, you know, your, your university. Not because it's Cambridge, but because of you. So be excellent. Amen? And point number two is this. Integrity. Not only was Joseph excellent at what he did and his excellence pointed people to God, but he was also integrous. It says there in Genesis chapter 39, verse 9, you know, he, he, he refused, right? Genesis 39 is, is, just in case you didn't know, it's West, when he said that, no, you know, my master has entrusted me with, with everything except you. You are his wife. I cannot do this evil thing against not only my master, but against God. Joseph was faithful and at the same time, fearful of God. And, and that's what integrity is. It's understanding that your boss is not your boss. That God is your boss. And even when nobody sees, God sees. And because God sees, we need to live in a way that pleases Him. And so it was His integrity. Now, did His integrity end Him in trouble? Yeah. In other words, is it easy to be integrous in the world that we're living in today? Is it easy to be righteous? No. Will being righteous immediately lead you to be rewarded? No. See, the Bible is so real. No. It might land you in trouble. People will ridicule you. People will mock you. People will set you up even against you. But it was because of this integrity that God continued to be with Joseph. The whole story would have changed if Joseph just go like, yeah, you're right. You know, my boss has put me in charge. He doesn't know anything except to eat bread. Let's do it, baby. And, and Genesis will stop there. You know, and, and, and that's it. The, the, the seed of Abraham wouldn't have continued until King David and the son of David, and his name is Jesus. And it was his integrity. His integrity. And so friends, in the world that we're living in today, the mantra is, look up for yourself. Look up for yourself. Right? 
you, you are put yourself as number one. Look out for yourself. Joseph was saying, no, look out for God. I'm going to live a life that honors God, even when nobody was looking. And his integrity was so powerful. Amen? Unfortunately, again, in the world that we're living in, when people think of integrity, do they think of Christians? What else is integrity? It's not, you know, sometimes you may be thinking, well, I'm, I'm so junior in my position. Integrity is like, you know, don't steal money, don't cheat your boss. You know, I, I'm not, you know. In fact, my boss cheats me. <laughs> but sometimes integrity could be like, what happens when people wronged you? Or it can be as simple as coming on time for work. It could be as simple as that. Right? Sometimes, you know, especially now with work from home, uh, I'm not feeling well. <laughs> I work from home. No, you're feeling perfectly fine. You just overslept. You were feeling lazy. That's not integrous. That's not integrous. A lot of times, right? I can't be honest. Part of my fear of doing streaming church. There are times where I go like, maybe we should just stop our stream completely. Because, you know, we talked about it among the leaders. We said that it's the Stream helping or hurting? Is it making people lazy? Well, only integrity can answer that question. B because I'm not here to police you. If you say, oh, Pastor, uh, last week I had to work over the weekend, I'll be like, sure. I'm not going to call your office and go like, did he really work? <laughs> if you say, oh, work's really busy, I can't go for homes, I'll be like, okay, cool, I'll be praying for you. Integrity. Integrity. Amen. Are we integrous to God in our giving? Are we integrous in our living? Are we integrous in our relationship with our colleagues? When everybody gossips, do you join in to fit in? Or do you make a stand? That stand might land you in trouble, but it's a stand that will please God. Amen? So if you want to use your life, that's why I say that after this, some of you might go like, yeah, Pastor, I'm going to preach the gospel from now onwards. <laughs> You know, because I'm not sure whether I can be that excellent or that integrous. It's okay. We're all a work in progress. Right? But we should do both. Live a life of excellence and integrity, but also preach the gospel with the mouth that God gave you. Amen? So integrity. Do, do, do you get it? Okay? Point number three. Okay? So we've got three points today. Excellence, integrity, and last point, Christ-likeness. Because we can be very excellent and integrous, but unChrist-like. And, and, and what happens is that you become such a good worker, so faithful, that your boss becomes the new God. That your work becomes the new church. And so, if you want to impact, you know, because some of you might take the wrong lesson away from today's message and go, excellent, integrous, okay, workaholic. And then the next time you go like, oh, pastor, the reason why I didn't go to homes was because I had to be excellent. Because the work needed to get done. Okay. Yeah. That, that's not the full picture. You need to be Christ-like. Because Joseph was Christ-like. You see, until Jesus came, God, throughout the Old Testament, that's why the Old Testament is so exciting, throughout the Old Testament, God was using people um, to portray, uh, to become like a sneak peek. Uh, a Christian word is to become like a type of Christ. There's only one Jesus Christ. But they become like a type. 
a, a sneak peek, a prototype of, of, of the real Jesus that will come. And that's why in, in, in Genesis, you, you see a repeat pattern, okay? This is me getting a bit Bible nerdy, but this is church, so it's fine. You see a repeat pattern of, of the same test that God gave Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden, okay? So, so you, you, you have basically, God says, hey, you can eat of any tree except one tree, okay? I am your God. Any tree except that one tree. What was the... the the, the challenge that Joseph got. Everything is under control except one thing, the wife. Don't touch the wife. And unlike Adam and Eve who touched the very thing that God says, that one thing, you only have one job, one thing, don't do. They did it. And Joseph was given the same challenge. You see the pattern of God? Anything you can touch, one thing you can touch, the wife. And Joseph didn't. And then you see this repeated Pharaoh said, everything except being Pharaoh, you can do. And he did everything except be Pharaoh. And so, the, 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 the Old Testament is so exciting, and you can see this pattern repeat in, in all the books, but we have another message for another time, okay? Um, and, and, and so, Joseph, like the other Bible characters in the Old Testament, became like a, a, a type of like prototype Jesus, a type of no sneak peek to the one, you know. If, in other words, it was like, if you think Joseph was all that, wait until Jesus. If you think Moses was all that, wait until Jesus. If you think David was all that, wait until Jesus, right? And so you, and, and so, so you have finally, right, uh, 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 you know, Jesus coming. But, but it didn't change the fact that Joseph was so Christ-like. He, 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 he modeled out. And, and so let's turn to Genesis chapter 50, verse 19 to 21. Last scripture, and then I'm, I'm going to give us some stories, okay? I know you guys all like stories. Genesis chapter 50, verse 19 to 21 says this. And, and this is after Joseph had been established, and the very siblings that sold him into slavery had to come and, uh, you know, beg for food in Egypt because there was famine around the world. And long story short, he embraced them, he, he, he forgave them, and this is what Joseph said to them. Do not be afraid, for am I in the place of God? But as for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good in order to bring it about as it is this day to save many people alive. Now, therefore, do not be afraid. I will provide for you and your little ones. And he comforted them and spoke kindly to them. Wow. That is some Jesus-level forgiveness. And do you see the pattern of God again? What does this remind you? When Jesus was on the cross and says, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Yeah, they meant it for evil, but I had to be crucified for the world to be saved. So Father, forgive them. You meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. You see, Joseph wasn't just excellent. Joseph wasn't just integrous. Joseph wasn't just a descendant of Abraham. Joseph was God-honoring. Joseph was Christ-like in his treatment of others. And, and that's what the world needs. The world needs to see more excellent Christian workmanship. The world needs to see more integrity from the very people who believe in an integrous God. But people in the world need to see more examples of Christ-likeness in the marketplace, in your college, in your family. 
And this is where we get into the more traditional idea of living out the gospel. Okay? And so, what does it mean to be Christ-like? This is my third point, but very quickly, I've got three stories to tell you. Is that okay? So, um, uh, the first story, I recently heard uh, this powerful testimony uh, from a pastor. He, 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 he's still serving the Lord, but he um, used to be um, a, a, a senior pastor. His name is Dr. Tim Keller. He used to be senior pastor of a thriving church in New York City. New York City, one of the hardest grounds to reach, kind of like a London, right? Um, where the people are tough, the ground is tougher. And he shared this very powerful story of how uh, one member came to join his church. He said one day he was uh, out in the foyer and he met somebody who said that, oh, I've been worshipping here for some weeks now. I'm, I'm, I'm liking your church. And he says, oh, wow, wonderful. How, how did you find out about us? And then this young lady who worked in a TV station uh, said that, wow, that is a story in itself. Um, I moved to the city. I wanted to make a name for myself. I worked in a TV station. And uh, one day, I made a mistake. I did something that, I did something wrong. I did it in the wrong way. Something that, if it would have gotten me fired. And what happened was that my boss found out about it and he took the blame for me. And she said, I've heard of bosses taking credit for your work. I never heard a boss take blame for your work. And because the boss is the boss, they couldn't fire the boss. So this lady was given a second chance. And this lady was so shocked and asked the boss, why? Why did you do that? And the boss says that, okay, you really want to know why? Yes. Why? What? And he says that, okay, I'm only telling you because you want to know why. The reason why is because I'm a Christian. And as Christians, we believe that God took our sin. And so, I saw you were in a similar situation. You did something wrong. You have gotten you into a lot of trouble. But you were young. You had years ahead of you. I see talent in you. And so, I took the blame. I took the fall. And then at the time, this lady wasn't a Christian. says, what should I do now? Well, if you want to find out more about my faith, why don't you go to this church? And the thing is, he didn't even attend Tim Keller's church. He was just this unnamed Christian boss that was living out Christ-likeness at the workplace. That's what I mean by Christ-likeness. Are you ready for a second story? Okay, let's go back a little bit in history. In World War II, there was a priest named Maximilian Kobe. And uh, during World War II, this priest sheltered many refugees in his church in Poland. Uh, and he helped to hide and, and, and protect and feed uh, people that were running away from the war, uh, including up to 2,000 Jewish people that were persecuted, you, would, you know, World War II history. In 1941, he was arrested, and he was arrested and put into Auschwitz because of what he did. One day, one prisoner escaped Auschwitz, 
and the deputy camp commander to deter other prisoners from even thinking about the same thing said to the whole camp, because one prisoner escaped. I don't know how he escaped, but we know one person escaped. We now demand 10 men to be starved to death in punishment for that one prisoner that escaped. So 10 men were selected by chance. And one of the people that was selected was a Polish soldier. Um, I'm trying not to butcher because I don't speak Polish. Uh, Franciszek Gajalniczek, right? So Francis, let's call him Francis, okay? And so Francis was troubled and he was screaming. This is a death sentence, to be starved to death. Not shot, starved. He started screaming out, my wife, my children. When Maximilian Kobe heard that, he volunteered and says, I will take his place. You see, some of us, we, we watch Hunger Games and then we go like, wow, why volunteers? No, this is a real thing. This is a real Hunger Games because they were, it was a death sentence. And so they were locked away and Maximilian Kobe took Francis's place and for two weeks, the men were given no food and they were basically starving to death. But Maximilian, every they will lead the people, whoever who wanted, in prayer. And he will lead them. He will try to, you know, make the final moments comfortable. And two weeks later, everyone had died because there was no food, no water. So he survived for two weeks. He was the last remaining person. And he died by lethal injection because they realized after two weeks, Everyone had died out of starvation. Well, we need, we need to refresh this room because we need to starve additional more people. So they injected him with, I think, uh, carbolic acid into his veins and he died. He died on 14th of August, 1941. 81 years ago today. That's Christ-likeness. You see, sometimes we think, oh, I want to be Christ-like. I, I want to flip tables. No, no, no. Not that kind of Christ-like. Oh, I want to be Christ-like. I want to go fishing on boats. No, 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 no. The world doesn't need more table flipping. And only one person could flip tables, Jesus, okay? The world doesn't need more. The world needs more of this type of Christ-likeness people that will literally imitate. You know how when Paul says, imitate me as I imitate Christ? And sometimes we think, oh, grow my hair long like Jesus, facial hair. And no, no, no. It's, it's this kind of lifestyle. It's about taking the wrong in the, in the office, taking, taking the blame for a blame that you didn't deserve. Volunteering to give up your life to save another person's life. And of course, the good news is Francis survived. He lived long enough for the Allies to win and he was liberated. And that's why he could live to tell that story. But one, I know, sounded a bit downer. One more story. Is that okay? Um, shall we watch a video clip and I'll explain it. Is that okay? I know Sports Days is coming up, so I've got a little sports clip for you. 
And uh, this was something that happened just last Tuesday, right? August 7th, last Tuesday, August 7th or 8th. Uh, this is, just a little context, this is a little league game, baseball in America. And uh, it was a match, uh, Texas East versus Oklahoma. And, uh, and, and let, let's, if the clip is ready, let's, let's watch it. Hopefully this will come through in the stream. Let's, let's watch it and then... Yeah. Oh, look out. That's awesome. Wow, that is a tough kid right there. Hey, George, he hit his helmet. This is really cool because as a pitcher, Bubs looks shaken up right now because of what he did. And look at Zay Jarvis. This is such great sportsmanship. He wants him to know that it's okay, that he'll be fine. Hey, Bob. Look, look at me. Look at me. You're all right. Amazing. You're all right. Look at me. Hey, look. Look. What a stud right there. Zay Jarvis. Cool. Thank you, XTV. Um, the boy in blue, uh, they got hit in the face by the baseball. His name is Isaiah Jarvis. Uh, and uh, the person, the, the pitcher is, uh, uh, I think, Caden Shelton. And it was an accident. Um, but, you know, I don't know much about baseball, but it, it's fast. This is Little League. They're all kids. Uh, but it's good enough to be featured, you know, on, on, you know, uh, on, on I guess, their local tally and whatnot. Um, in fact, they showed the whole match, not just that, that, that clip. Um, and it's, 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 a, it's a fast, you know, you know, those who play baseball, it's really fast. And, uh, and it hit his face, basically. Fell down, it hurt him, but he just, you know, shrugged it off, went to first base. Um, but it affected the person through the ball. It, it really affected. Uh, and these are all kids, let's not forget that. These are all kids. And, and, and you know, and, and he's up to throw again. And he's probably thinking, can I do it? You know, will I end up hurting this person? Because it's, you know, if you hurt someone. Uh, and in fact, they later said that if, if the ball had missed just a few inches, it would possibly might have fractured his jaw. Uh, so thank God for the helmets and, and, and all that. And, uh, and so this, this, this person who, you know, they were competitors playing for the opposite team. And so this young boy was, go like, oh no, what did I just do? I didn't mean to hurt that kid. He seems okay. And I'm here to throw again the pressure, right? The pressure that can come up. And, uh, and, and what happened, and maybe you saw it didn't, was that he started breaking out to cry. And, and Isaiah Jarvis saw, and even though it was a competitor, because some of us who are very competitive will be like, yes, yes, the mind game is working, right? But, but Isaiah Jarvis saw this this person on the opposite team and earlier on, because I watched this clip many times, he was actually yelling to him, say that play ball, I'm okay, I'm okay and then he decided to chuck his helmet, walked up and hugged him 
And of course, this moment became viral. It was even featured on ESPN. That's why I, I, I caught it. Uh, it just happened this last week. Little League baseball game. Since that incident went viral, um, young Isaiah Jarvis has been interviewed 20 over times by different news channels, news stations, different things. And in all the interviews, they say, what made you do what you did? He said that, I was just trying to spread the love of Jesus. He said, I walked over him. And I told him, I'm fine. Let's go. Let's go. And all he did was to say that I knew he was nervous and I just wanted to just share the love of Jesus. You see, that's Christ-likeness. From a young boy at Little League, Christ-likeness. From a priest in a concentration camp, Christ-likeness. To the boss who took the blame for another person's work, Christ-likeness. These stories are few and far in between in the world that we live in. But would we be a new generation of believers that will say that, you know what? You know, we, we, we don't know when the camera will be playing out like that. And we don't do it for the cameras. But would you do it for God? And go like, you know what? From now onwards, help me. God, help me to live out the gospel. Help me to be the best lawyer, engineer, business person, mom, dad, student, Son, daughter, be, help me to be the best. Help me to be integrous, but help me to be Christ-like while being excellent and integrous. You see, sometimes we can be excellent and then we bulldoze our way around work. Do your job! And then people go like, yeah, and do you know he's a Christian? Can you be excellent and Christ-like? Can you be integrous and Christ-like? Can you be Christ-like when the cameras are not rolling? That's what it means to have our actions speak. And I pray that this will speak to us today. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord. Lord, I thank you for just your word. I thank you for your servant, Joseph. I thank you, Lord, that he impacted Wherever you placed him, he made an impact. As a servant, he made an impact. In prison, he made an impact. In the palace, he made an impact. God, we understand today that being a witness, being Christ-like, is not just about spirituality. It's also about being a blessing. And it's about just reflecting you. So God, widen our minds. Help us not to be thinking that there's only this or that way to preach the gospel. But Lord, help us understand that part of preaching the gospel, like how you've showed it through your servants, is by being a blessing too. And so God, I pray right here, right now, there's so many professionals in our church, Lord, and we thank you. Both for those here and those online, God, I pray that you will cause everyone in our church. God, we know that the marketplaces that you place us in is not always easy. In fact, there are more times where it's more challenging. And yet, Lord, we knew that Joseph's life was not without his challenges, but through it all, he was excellent. Help us to be excellent. Through it all, he was integrous. Help us to be men and women of integrity. 
And God, most importantly, help us to live out. Help us to imitate you. Help us to role model out what being a Christian is all about. Jesus, you laid down your life for others. Help us to lay it down for others. Help us, Lord. And so, God, again, I pray. Lord, Holy Spirit, I know you're not done with us yet, but Lord, continue to speak. Teach us, show us how to apply this in our everyday living for your kingdom's glory. Help us, Lord, uh, to share about your love, but Lord, help us to also live out your love. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you've been touched by today's message and would like to invite Jesus into your life, why don't you join me in saying this prayer? Lord Jesus, thank you for paying the ultimate price for my sins by dying on the cross for me. I receive your love and forgiveness and eternal life by faith. Come into my heart and life and be my Lord and my Savior. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for tuning in today. We hope that you've been blessed by today's message. For more information about Acts, you can check out www.actschurch.uk. God bless.